Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of WREL Triangle and Two. I'm Luis Fernandez. He is Mark Bergen. Normally we come to you on a Monday, but today is Wednesday. We're going to go ahead and get right into it with ACC basketball. We are in the heat of the schedule for the men's and women's teams. We're going to talk a lot of men's basketball today. Uh, Mark, you excited, man? I know I know. you said last time we talked, I know you said you're still like transitioning into the basketball flow of things. Are you fully transitioned? I now understand your mindset, Lewis, where as soon as the Tar Heels football team lost two games, you say, bring on the hardwood and the hoops, because North Carolina is back in the top five at number four, six-game winning streak, and R.J. Davis is balling right now. He he is. No, R.J. Davis is having a, a heck of a season for the Tar Heels. They're up to number four now. Last week when you watched, gosh, I, I forget how many it was, but it felt like six uh, you know, top 10 teams all lose and UNC able to clutch out a, a couple of wins. Um, the, the Tar Heels are definitely in a position. It just feels like very, um, they're returning to rare air when it comes to the basketball program. Um, RJ Davis averaging 20.4 points right now, uh, 95% from the free throw line, 41% from three. Uh, yeah, he's just crushing it. Um, Armando Baycott, I think, is rounding into form a little bit more. Um, he's at 14 points right now. Harrison Ingram's been wild to see Cormac Ryan, all of the above. Uh, they have, uh, they're, they're the lone perfect team in ACC play right now. Five and zero uh, last week, uh, beating NC state. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how these, this next week shapes out for the Tar Heels mark, because they have, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon, excuse me. So they've got Louisville tonight at 9 PM in the Dean Smith center. Dare I say this, an all-American season? I mean, if he keeps up oh, with yeah. this efficiency from three and from the foul line, maybe the overall field goal percentage could be a little bit better. Maybe you could say, oh, his assist-to-turnover ratio could be better. But it's the pace that the Tar Heels are playing with as well. And then I'm going to make the my favorite point guard analogy when it comes to any guard play, and especially as we get closer and closer to March. He is the straw that stirs the drink, Lewis. And so, That's yeah, I'm all the way there now after a week ago where my brain's still on football, but we've now transitioned to basketball season, especially when you're talking about the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah, no, R.J. Davis has been phenomenal. I I, I think he's got to be All-American or in that All-American conversation at the very least this year with the way he's been playing, uh, UNC up to number four. What I think is going to be interesting to see now, they're, they're 5-0 and in ACC play. Right. They are number seven in the net. So everything's looking pretty good for them. Last year, I know they were, you know, they didn't make the tournament. Obviously, they were uh, a lot of bubble watching going on in Chapel Hill. Now, not so much. Um, They play the next three games over the course of five days, I think, uh, home against Louisville tonight and then uh, at uh, Boston College on Saturday. And then they will play, I believe it is at. Or home, no, it's home against Wake Forest on Monday. Um, so we saw the the Demon Deacons just getting a um, 
we're going to call that a, a spicy matchup there between uh, NC State and Wake Forest. We'll get to that in a little bit, though. Um, so uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if UNC can come out of this three-game stretch uh, unscathed because of just those quick turnarounds. The quick turnarounds. But, Lewis, here's my uh, area of caution. We'll talk about this for each team. But it would be Elliot Cadeau, still a freshman. I notice if you just look at the stat sheet, he's a guard shooting less than 60% from the foul line. And I talked with a lot of Tar Heels fans that have been watching this team for years. When he's open, give him the green light to shoot and to develop that confidence. And I love that he's a pass first player. I like that about him. You don't see that a lot with guards anymore because you see the combo guard and let me just let loose and launch it as soon as I step across half court a la Steph Curry. When he's open, shoot the ball. But then when he gets to the foul line, I think developing that confidence from the outside is to say, let's improve those foul line numbers. And then when he is open from the outside, don't be afraid to shoot the ball, especially when you're open. That would be an area of improvement I'd like to see in the coming weeks for the Tar Heels. Sure. And you know, I think um, you have to remember with his age, especially Elliot Cadeau is still stepping into things. I like the way he commands the offense. I like the way he moves up and down the floor. Elliot Cadeau is going to be vision. fine. I think it's one of those things where it's going to take time. Um, and I do feel like he has been shooting more looking back at just kind of the, the most recent box scores, right? Um, he had only two shots against Pitt, four shots against Clemson, but then against NC State and against Syracuse, he's up to eight, seven shots. He took a couple of threes. Um, he still hasn't made a three since December 29th, but it's it's one of those things with Elliot Cadeau where I feel like it's just going to take time. He's going to continue to grow into his role, into two years as a basketball player. The NC State game for me was really good for Elliot Cadeau. Um, he had 11 points, you know, six assists, only two turnovers. Um, he's he's taking steps in the right direction. Um, but uh, that's that's what's so good about this, this UNC team, right? He doesn't have to be – he doesn't have to overexert himself. He can grow into who he is as a basketball player because you've got guys like Harrison Ingram, uh, Armando Baycott, RJ Davis. Um, you know, you want to continue to see that – the Cormac Ryans of the world continue to take steps. Um, but UNC is in a really good spot. Um, their, their three-point field goal defense, um, I don't know if this, if you've been paying attention to this, it's, it's wild to look at just how teams have been shooting against them in recent stretches. I mean, I think NC State only had one or two. Um, you had Syracuse make a couple towards the end. But just in general, teams have been shooting very poorly from three against UNC. So that's one of those things where, okay, when those shots eventually do start to fall, how does UNC react? What do they continue to do? But I feel like UNC is just continuing to grow, um, and they're they're really hitting their stride now, which is it's going to be interesting to see what that is. And the ACC needs that, to be honest, because uh, UNC and Duke are kind of carrying the ACC as a conference right now, it feels like. The last thought I have about the Tar Heels is that to open that Syracuse game, to push the pace, is they open at a press. And pressuring opposing ball handlers all the way up the floor – I don't know if that has impacts. I don't know the X's and O's as well as some people do, but if that has an impact on that three-point defense that you were talking about, Lewis. I know. It, the, I, the way the Syracuse game, I'll put it this way. Um, the way UNC has been in the past couple of years, after getting a win against State like that on the road, a tight one, um, you would have expected a letdown against Syracuse. For UNC to come out and put their foot on the pedal like they did uh, against the Orange and to dominate the way they did in that game, um, it, it's it's good steps, good signs for UNC, not just this season, but as a program as a whole. Before we move on, what are you most looking forward to tonight's game against Louisville? Um, I think it's like 
I, I said this on when was this state game? Was that was last Wednesday? I said this um, while the state game was going on. Harrison Ingram is one of my favorite players in um, the ACC, in the country, in North Carolina, however you want to phrase it, to watch uh, because he's just re- truly a do it all kind of guy. Um, offensively, it's a lot of hey, isolate him in the post, let him go to work. Um, you know, he's I, I enjoy watching him just play offensively in general, but he he just kind of gets it. Um, he's, he's a glue guy. He's someone who, you know, against NC state, he had 19 rebounds, which was the most for a UNC player against NC state. Um, ever, it's, ever. It, yeah, ever, ever. And when, when you listen to him post game, he, he very much just kind of understands that his role is constantly shifting. And he's, he's, I think what it was after the state game, he said, you know, oh, you know, my, my wrist has been hurting me a little bit. So I understood that my shot might be a little bit off. So I needed to compensate with attacking the boards and getting rebounds and things like that. So um, they're just good vibes in general around this UNC team uh, as a whole. You want to see that continue against Louisville, who is not good. Not good, Mark. All right, let's go on to Duke. Yes. So number seven, Duke. The Blue Devils have also been trending upward considerably. Uh, They lost their first ACC game of the year back in December, uh, right? Eight straight wins since then the most recent one coming at home against Georgia Tech on Saturday. Uh, so next up, they have about a week off, and then they'll play again home against Pitt, which is good because they've got some injuries that they are dealing with, Mark. Yeah, the time off will do them well because knee injuries to key players, two starters in Jeremy Roach, Mark Mitchell. And you're talking about, okay, what kind of impact are we talking about here Roach is your number two scorer. Mitchell is your number three scorer. And Roach is a senior guard. And he started the last 32 games for the Blue Devils. Has a lot of experience. And you want to try to get both players back on the court healthy. As close to 100% as you can get midseason with knee injuries. Don't know full to quite extent. But some good news too with John Shire saying that they did some imaging on Roach's knee. And they're not overly concerned about it. So some good news there. But... I hear knee injuries, and I don't care if it's even just a mild sprain. I have some cause for concern there, but Duke got an eight-game winning streak. It hasn't really seemed to matter uh, as we get further and further into the season, and particularly when we were talking about just UNC uh, a minute ago, when you get closer to that Battle of the Blues game, first one on February the 3rd, where are these players at from an injury standpoint? What kind of contributions are they making because against the elite of the elite in this conference, in the country, once you get into tournament play, you're going to need both of those players if you're Duke. Yeah. Um, you know, Mark Mark Mitchell has been dealing with some injuries on and off this year. So, um, you know, him having to sit this past game. Uh, after, after the game, uh, John Shire essentially said that, you know, he hadn't really been able to do much. So they were still feeling out wasn't really sure how long Mark Mitchell was going to be injured. And that's tough because Mark Mitchell, A, is going to give it, give you a lot on defense. He's also their second leading rebounder. You know, when we see Mark Mitchell go off, it's a lot of stuff in the paints. He's still trying to find his three point shot, um, which has not been falling, but um, you know, he's definitely someone who can make a difference for Duke. And then Jeremy Roach. I mean, yeah, it's, that is very, very concerning. If you're Duke, the fact that it is positive and he's day to day versus something going to be longer. That's big. Um, I was at, I was at that game, the Georgia Tech game on Saturday for um, Duke Georgia Tech, and it was late in the second quarter. Just kind of comes up limping a little bit. It was um, 
he he had left, he came back in, and then he left again. He was kind of kicking out his knee, is how I would phrase it. You know what I mean? So I don't know if there was something that's more muscle related or if it's just kind of like a knee collision type thing. So, uh, but you hope Jeremy Roach will be okay because he's he's so big for for what Duke wants to do. Um, so yeah, but they'll play Pitt. Um, Pitt is you know C- Capel knows that Duke program very well. Um, so that's one of those things where um, you you hope that what Duke can do, um, you know, is get healthy and, and just take care of business. Having that, that week off is so big for the Blue Devils, truly. Like, it was just – it timed out so well, a bit serendipitous. Um, they play home against Pitt on uh, Saturday at 8 o'clock, and then they'll turn around and play uh, at Louisville on Tuesday. Yeah, hips don't lie. Kyle Filipowski's doing his thing, and then Tyrese Proctor. Uh, I'd imagine they'll continue their winning ways. And can you imagine if both Duke – and UNC continue the winning streak into the Battle of the Blues game come February 3rd. It would be remarkable to where both teams are on big, big winning streaks going into that game. Yeah, it's funny how that game always tends to be like as dramatic as possible. So, of course, that could be the situation. Um, And Filipowski, man, shout out to Phil. Like, Cal Filipowski went off against Georgia Tech. A lot of shots, not the most efficient, but he, man, he stuffed the stat sheet. He was huge. And we're talking about injuries, right? Tyrese Proctor has been nursing that ankle injury that he got back against Georgia Tech in early December, and he's really starting to get back into the rhythm of things. When Tyrese Proctor is, you know, carrying the offense the way he is, the him his connection with Kyle Filipowski, the way uh, Jeremy Roach uh, can sh- like look for his shot a little bit more, it's just, it goes a long way. If Tyrese Proctor is completely healthy and back. We've talked Duke. We've talked UNC. Got to talk a little bit about this. Do you see Jay Williams commentary, Lewis? Before we get oh. to NC State. Oh, we, oh, we get... my. oh, the the transfer thing? <laughs> Much to your delight, I'm sure. Now, let me put this into context. He's making these comments at the end of a blowout win, Kansas over Oklahoma State, and he gets asked, where would you transfer to? And he says, back in the day, I would go to Georgetown. But now, UNC, I don't want to be excommunicated from the brotherhood, but I'm sure you were absolutely delighted to see this, Lewis. I, you know, um, so many of the Duke and UNC players, they kind of run in the same group, in the same kind of line, if you will. You know, a lot of really talented, highly recruited players and things like that. So, I mean, it, I, I'll put it this way. Him saying that doesn't surprise me as much as him saying it on TV is what surprises me. That's one of those things where I, I See, probably, I would just steer away from saying, I just, I'd be like, all. I'm good, man. I, I want to go to Georgetown. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to Georgetown. That's, I, I don't think you, I don't think I would want to say that on TV. We're talking about it now. It'll make a headline saying, oh, Jay Williams would want to transfer to North Carolina. And again, let's put this into context. It was like less than four minutes left to play. Kansas is up more than 20 against Oklahoma State in the waiting moments of a game that's already decided. I think it's pretty smart. And here we are talking about it now. And you make a headline for yourself as an analyst and a reputable one at that. It's always, it's always for the brand, Mark. It's always for the brand. Um. (laughs) For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Speaking of brands, uh, let's go ahead and turn to NC State because when Woo! you look at football, when you look at what's been going on in basketball, I feel like NC State's culture is very like set in stone of like this, you know, grit grind, very, very, um, you know, hard nose, nose the grindstone, blue collar. Like that's that's what NC State is going for. Um, and that game against Wake Forest on Tuesday night was, um, as you can see here in the the little banner, the little lower third, the word of choice that I've gone with here is spicy. Um, because you had, I think it was five technicals over the course of the game. Uh, Kevin Keats was ejected his second time being ejected this season. Um, it's just what, what, what a game, what a, what a moment, um, that was for, uh, the, the big four, um, in Raleigh. Lewis, I promised you before the podcast that I would behave, so I will not flip you the double birds, but. DJ Horn rallying the Wolfpack back down 11 in this game without your head coach after it was a, again, you used the word spicy, fiery, whatever adjective you want to use, but finding a way to win in NC State, even above Duke has a better ACC record right now at five and one in the ACC. They're 13 and four overall, but Horn apologizes for this after the game. I will say this, if it were a Duke or UNC player, I think we'd be talking about this differently. That is just my opinion. There's no doubt about his talent, his ability on the floor. And again, he apologized for uh, the gesture after the game in a post on, I'm going to say Twitter, X. I don't know what we're calling that social media platform The artist formerly known as Twitter. He said, hold on, I'll I'll pull up the exact tweet and then I'll I'll give you my, my take here. So he said... Uh, my sincere apologies for what happened at the end of the game. I got caught up in the heat of the moment and made a disrespectful gesture that I should have never done. That's not who I am. Uh, if you've been living under a rock or you just don't know, hitting free throws to ice the game at the very end, uh, DJ Horn appears to give the double bird. I don't know who it was to. I don't know if it was. It the, looked like the rest. I don't think it was intended for a Wake Forest player because that's no, what the, I initially thought. But then you look within the context of what happened and the referee turns around I believe it was at the referee, Lewis, but that was just my interpretation. Yeah, I here. So here's my thing, right? Um, I think, and this kind of goes back to a lot of like the unwritten rules in baseball and things like that. Uh, sports are emotional. You say things, you do things. Um, there's nothing wrong with being emotional. There's nothing wrong with expressing yourself. Is giving the double birds the best look? No, it's not. But at the same time, I think it's a little bit hypocritical. It, it's a little bit um, uh, ridiculous on people's part to demand uh, perfection from everyone on the court at all times, on the field, whatever it might be. But I will say it's it's about how far you go, right? Flipping double birds, that doesn't hurt anyone. If let me you, piggyback like, off this too, Lewis, really hurt. quickly. Let me, pick, let me piggyback off this too. Yeah. We're also talking about young men in their late teens, early twenties. Yeah. It's these exactly sports are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be, you know, this kind of conglomeration of passion and energy and excitement and competitive. And sometimes your competitive nature gets the most of you. Um, Really? As long as no one is getting hurt. If, if you're fans of specific, if you're, if you're a wake forest fan, Oh, I, I would not like DJ Horn right now. Absolutely. But that's that's the whole point, right? I could give you a, a, a diatroph on like 
all the different ways I, you know, hate the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> and how much I enjoyed uh, watching them uh, be exposed for frauds in the first round of the wild card weekend here, <laughs> Mark Bergen. But, but like, but the thing is, like, that's it's all personal. It's all it's all part of that competitive nature. As long as nobody is getting hurt, that's my main thing. Yeah, I, and it hurt, is different than say, yeah, it's different than say. I'll just put this out there, like Grayson Allen's antics where he's sure. tripping or hurting another player. Uh, NC State will play Wake Forest in Winston-Salem on February the 10th. Keep an eye on this, Lewis, if we get a follow-up between these two schools. That game I'm now going to have circled on my calendar because uh, after this one uh, last night, again, fiery, spicy, whatever adjective you want to use, it was an intense game uh, well- last night. And and here's and here's the thing for NC State, right? To talk about the basketball side of things for a little bit, okay? Mm-hmm. And NC State still has a lot to figure out. Um, they shot zero percent from from three, I believe, in this one. Um, you know, DJ Horn. That's a, incredible. It's a, DJ Horn's a forty-two percent free throw shooter, but um, besides that, Casey Casey Marcel, who is normally a very good shooter, is low thirty. Like Dennis Parker Jr., who's getting 20 minutes a game, he's at 35%. You know, Jane Taylor is at like 33%. So they're they're not the best um, from that perspective. And there are little things like that they have to iron out. But if you're not going to be successful, like at those more finesse style of things, you need to muck things up, get it get it dirty. And NC State is in a situation right. You, you mentioned how they're five and one in the ACC play right now. I believe. Mm-hmm. You know they. They are, and I've said this many times, I'm going to continue to say it. NC State, because of what their non-conference schedule was, is in a tough position for their tournament. They have to do really well in ACC play. So like a game like that against Wake Forest, that's those are the type of games in ACC play that are going to make the difference between who gets into the tournament and who gets out of the tournament. So of course, you know, Kevin Keats is going to get ejected in like, you know, whenever it was early in the game because he's trying to, get everyone going. Sometimes coaches do that kind of things. So, you know, he, he said afterwards, um, I'll to paraphrase and, and remove any kind of expletives or anything like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Essentially he was like, he's tired of people saying that this NC state team doesn't fight. I don't know who's saying that this NC state team doesn't fight. If they, whoever's saying it, I think they're incorrect. Maybe he's talking to his team, Lewis. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. So they, they fight, they, they do what they need to do right now. NC state is 68 in net. And I know net is not everything, but as we have seen with the NCAA tournament selection committee, it's going to matter come March. So yeah, there, I think Lenardi has them as either first four in, or last four in or first four out, like hanging right around that bubble. So NC State's going to be living on the bubble all year long and you're going to have to be uh, aggressive. You're going to have to be tough. You're going to have to do all those things if you want to find success and get on the right side of the bubble. You've been saying this for a few weeks now. O of eight against uh, Wake Forest last night, and then only thirty three percent from three point range. So if you're going to play from the inside out and rely on the touch from the big fella, the lefty DJ Burns, you're going to have when a team doubles him, right? What what's your counter when a team's adjust or they double team him or they deny him post entry, post positioning? You've got to figure out what your counter is to that. And 33% from three, 0 of 8 last night, that is not going to get it done if you do want to make the tournament come March. 
And NC State has had a lot of those type of games, right? Games that are very tight, that are very um, hard fought. You go back to Boston College, start ACC play, that game going uh, to a past regulation. I forget if it was one or two overtimes. Um, the Notre Dame game, which is a team that they should have beat pretty handily, but it ends up being much tighter. DJ Burns makes the clutch play at the end. The UNC game was very tight until the final nine minutes or so. And then UNC goes on that like 15 to four run or whatever it was. And then, and then this one against Blake Forest, they have to rally and come out tight, you know, uh, in a tight game there. So um, these, these are the tiny type of games that NC state is going to play this year. I would much rather have that type of identity as a basketball team than not have an identity at all. Um, And I think NC state, you know, at the very least they're going to, they're going to fight like uh, Keith said, uh, after the game yesterday or on Tuesday, Lewis, I got I got nothing left, my man. Yeah, enjoy the got, Dean Dome tonight. Yes, uh, I will be there uh, at the Dean Smith Center Wednesday night. Um, I'll also be there on Saturday um, when uh, Duke plays Pitt at eight o'clock. So we'll have plenty for you. Uh, make sure you catch all that coverage on wrl.com, wrlsportsfan.com, uh, all of that. Uh, you can listen to us. On wherever you get your podcasts, you can also watch us on uh, the 99.9 The Fan YouTube page. Uh, we are getting into the thick of ACC play. I am super excited. Once we get to February, Mark, it's going to be go, go, go. Um, and I'm, I'm pumped to see how this shakes out. Um, the, the ACC has a lot of work left to do, uh, but the local triangle teams are right in the thick of it. Last thought for me, Lewis. It's yes. nice to see the twinkle in your eye again when we're talking about your beloved North Carolina Tar Heels. It, listen, man, it's been it's been a good year for UNC, but it is it is still mid-January and you don't want to be playing your best basketball in mid-January. You want to be playing your best basketball uh, end of February, beginning of March. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.